a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. When we look at ourselves and the situation of the world, uh, God is certainly there, but he's hidden there. He's not seen there. He's not. He, he hasn't put himself there to be found. Where he puts himself to be found is on the cross. That's where we know that he loves us. So we can just as well undo God's love for us as we can go back in time and pry the nails out of Jesus' hands. We can just proclaim God's word, trust it will do what it says it will do, and no longer be, be judging the effectiveness of the, of the preached word by human standards of measurement, by, by the number of people that are there, but, but rather to just do what God told us to do, to preach the word and administer the sacraments. Ch- Charles Finney could have possibly had the ugliest face of any theologian. <laughs> Except for Brian Wolfman. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the 89th show of Table Talk Radio. I'm Evan Gigline, and here with uh, co-host Pastor Brian Wolfmuller of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Hello, Evan. Hello. Some people are going out there going, how long are you guys going to keep counting? 89, what show it is? Show. <laughs> Each show is an event, you know. <laughs> Each show is a happening. Each show is a... An accomplishment. <laughs> an accomplishment. Right. Especially for you listeners. <laughs> that, that, oh, yeah. Especially the listeners. All right. Well, the, uh, kicking off Table Talk Radio today, we're doing our buzzwords as usual. And then responding to your emails, um, both of them. <laughs> and then we're going to play some Bible B slash Law Gospel Super Game for a couple of megments. And then uh, if we have any time left over, we'll do a little Google it. You're addicted to these super games. You should have given that up for Lent, super games. I gave up shaving for Lent. Oh, again? Oh, man. Ugh. Ugh. I remember uh, you did that when we when we took pictures for our, for our little logo there on on that we don't use anymore, and yep. uh, and the artist drew you with a beard, and we're like, uh, we don't like the Linton Wolfmuller. Could you give me a shave? And he gave me this really distinct jawline, which I think is awesome. <laughs> I just don't really have in real life. He just, you know, yeah, he used used an eraser. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Well, that's uh, the lineup for Table Talk Radio. Aren't you excited? Um, <laughs> well, let's start with buzzwords. Uh, what buzzword do you have for me? For you, the buzzword is a buzz phrase, and it is, well, a buzz two words, old Adam. Hmm. Old Adam. That is uh, what we, when we say the old Adam, what we're referring to is, um, is our sinful nature, our sinful flesh. The, uh, the the flesh that we're born with, that we inherit from our fathers, that contains original sin, the, the blight against uh, against God's commandments, the, the, the part of us that lacks any fear, love, and trust in God. That's the old Adam, and it still clings to us until we die. Right, as evidenced by uh, this show and, and everything else. <laughs> yeah, doesn't Dr. Kincher has that little bump that we uh, table talker? Yeah. My favorite illustration for the fall of man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right along the idea of this buzzword, old Adam. 
True. All right. Well, the I, I by the way, I don't know if you've done, noticed this, but I, when I'm talking to people, every once in a while, they'll just throw in a strange word and kind of wait for me to react. And I'm realizing that people are starting to play buzzwords with me in real life, <laughs> and, I, and I don't even know it. I was sitting with a friend last night, and he he kept talking about Septuagint, and I said, "What? What?" How come? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's my oh, buzzword. <laughs> oh, uh, Pastor, the, Sep- the Septuagint is uh, the Greek translation of the Old Testament. <laughs> N- now, now you can have a conversation with this person. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right. All right. So my... I don't know if that's happened to you. People are using playing buzzwords with you, and you don't even know it. No, but I don't really talk to people either, so... <laughs> If you were just on Facebook. All right. Your <laughs> oh, buzzword for me. So this wasn't a real person. It was a Facebook person. Oh, <laughs> it a, oh there it, it is. It was in real life. Real life. <laughs> I'm just trying to give you hints. Oh. All right. I'm ready for your buzzword for me. All right. It is uh, expiate or expiation. Um, that is to make satisfaction, appeasement, or atonement. So this is uh, what we talk about, that, that, that Christ expiated our sins. He made atonement for our sins by his death on the cross. Um, so this is how how we are then right before God by by uh, His atonement. So expiate. Nice. All right. Okay. Well, let emails. I think you have a couple emails you want to hit first. Here's one from Jane. I don't know where Jane's from, but she says hello. I want to say I'm a new listener to Table Talk Radio. I heard Pastor Wolfmuller on issues etc. recently when we mentioned his radio show that had about ten listeners. I decided to follow a few podcasts. I'm happy to report that I'm now listener number eleven. Hey. Welcome to the family, Jane. Welcome to the family. That's right. Every all the other ten listeners are so happy to have. We're just happy to have double digits for listeners. I think. So. I've really enjoyed Table Scrap podcasts, especially creation and baptism ones. I recently downloaded the one on Sola Scriptura and found it very interesting. My question is this. Could I have more information on the beautiful hymn that is played at the very beginning of the Sola Scriptura podcast? I'd love to get the whole song or the name of the CD. You have that, Evan? Um, I do. I do. It's uh, The the hymn is actually Thy Strong Word, and the CD that it comes from is actually from Concordia Publishing House, our, our, our synod's beloved... Uh, publishing uh, house there uh, in St. Louis, and uh, it's off of a CD called "For uh, For All the Saints," and it goes like this: Buffering for all the saints <laughs> who from there. Were you oh. waiting for me to sing? No, uh, oh, I hit play, and then it said buffering. Oh, <laughs> so eh, never mind. Oh. But, that, but that was much better than than the Concordia's. You, know, you, you can uh, you can call Pastor Wolfmiller at three zero three. Oh boy, she, uh, Jane continues. By the way, the podcast discussing Jesus is better than football is an absolute classic. Where else can one listen to a theological discussion that involves a foam finger? Jane, we know, but we're not going to tell you. We want you to listen only to our show. I can see why you're the number one theological game show. That's right, Jane. Uh, thank you. Keep up the good work, uh, Jane. Thank you for the email. Fantastic. Yeah, that's right. We appreciate all of our listeners so that that we can now get uh, to double digits. <laughs> all right, oh, that's boy. Jane. I think you had another one that you were going to bring up. Before. Yes, this is from Dave in... Chan Hassan, Minnesota, listener number three. He is labeled himself. <laughs> I uh, love how our listeners are labeling themselves as what number of listeners they know they are. what listener they are. <laughs> the, the, uh, the theme. This is about the lead me to the cross. Uh, we crunched this uh, little song a few uh, weeks back. Lead me to the cross. Uh, and and Dave writes, the theme of the song, Lead Me to the Cross, could also be most objective, for I can pray that to the Lord, to my Lord that he would lead me to the cross. 
that he would bring me there, just as Mel Gibson did in his movie The Passion of the Christ, so that I can see what I did to my Lord, that uh, that I did that to him, that his pain and suffering, the sins of the world placed on him, is my fault. We can be a bit charitable when we don't actually know the intent of the writer. We may be just be unable to communicate exactly what he meant, like me a lot of the time. For we all know, given the content of a good portion of the lyrics, the writer could actually be an Orthodox Lutheran, just missing a bit of the exact form and wording which Johann, Johann Gerhardt was so adept at communicating his words. I'll give the song a 51 and a half. Christine Getty in Christ Alone beats this one out for sure. I'm writing this as you continue the cruncher. Had to get my word in edgewise even while you two are meandering around to the words of the song. Me- meandering? We never meander, Dave. Nope, nope, nope. We never do that. <laughs> uh, Dave, uh, listener number three from Minnesota. Well, thanks, first of all, for the email. Uh, we, we, I think we crunched this one after we crunched uh, uh, the Jesus is Better Than Football, and it's a totally That's different right. type of song. Uh, and Davis, uh, you see what Davis is saying here? He says, maybe we should be a little bit more charitable on the crunch. We can be uh, led to the cross, like uh, Mel Gibson did in the movie The Passion. Do you see? So you see how that goes? Right. See the argument? Well, right. I, I yeah. remember what we were talking about here because there was a particular line in this in this uh, uh, song that that we were talking about. Um, well, it is, it is the title, you know, lead lead me to your heart, lead me, uh, lead me to the cross, and uh, yeah. it, go ahead. And we were making the argument that that you can't actually be led to the cross because there's no cross anymore. There's not a, there's not an actual cross. So when we talk about this, it's a it's a different sort of thing. It's a, it's um it's being brought there by memory or by visual imaging or something. What was that music, by the way? Oh, nothing. <laughs> what are you are you are you trying to make me a youth speaker? <laughs> Sorry. Putting music in the background. <laughs> I was trying to pull up the lyrics, and then some music started playing. So I'm <laughs> trying to squash it before anybody hears it. Then you point it out. <laughs> Uh, but but uh, uh, so so we so we made the argument that the, that we are not we don't go back to the cross, but that Jesus brings the victory of his cross to us in the sacraments. And we also made the point that really no no praise song is going to be able to capture this that the Lord brings His mercy and forgiveness to us in His Word. Why? Simply because uh, the, the Lutheran Church really is the only church that has this understanding of the means of grace. That they are the means that the Holy Spirit uses to bring God's mercy and forgiveness to us, and this and this affects everything, all of our theology in, in every way, all around. Uh, but I do want to comment on what Dave says about the Passion of the Christ. I remember when I was doing what you were doing. I was a vicar, and I had a college group, and we took a handful of uh, college students to see the Passion of the Christ in the movie theater right when it came out. And we all sat down afterwards, and I asked them this question. I said. Do, um, just tell me how you're feeling about this, uh, uh, sorrowful or joyful or what? And they all said, just about everyone there said, I feel really terrible. Why? Because they realized just what Dave uh, said in his email, that that all of this suffering of Jesus we did, we caused, we brought upon him. But as long as the cross is is our fault, uh, is uh, because of our sin, then it's law. But really, it becomes gospel. The cross becomes gospel when we realize that Jesus did all of this for us. Uh, he wanted to save us. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it's interesting. You don't see the gory detail in the gospel to just say they crucified them. Well, uh, well, we'll go to this break and, and come right back to Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. Can say your love will stay 
What did you expect from a vicar? You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Vocation. Ordinary Life for Ordinary Christians. That's the title of the 11th Annual Vocation Symposium sponsored by Lutheran Student Fellowship of Oklahoma University. This year's speaker is Dr. Stephen Hine, the director of Concordia Institute for Christian Studies and associate pastor of Shepherd of the Springs Lutheran Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado. This all takes place Saturday, April the 10th from 2 p.m. to 7.30. Registration is free for students and only $10 for an adult. If you're in the Norman, Oklahoma area, we hope you can make it to the 11th Annual Vocation Symposium featuring Dr. Stephen Hine entitled Vocation, Ordinary Life for Ordinary Christians. For more information, visit tlcnorman.org. That's tlcnorman.org. If you have any questions, zip me an email, evan at tabletalkradio.org. <laughs> Numbers. <laughs> A quick review of some of the books of the Bible before we get into playing Bible B. Uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor needs all the help he can get in remembering the books of the Bible on which which books to guess in this game. But before that, we wanted to uh, end up with uh, concluding a, a few remarks with this email we just got. Uh, talking about, you know, we brought up the Passion of the Christ and and uh, how how you have this question, did Jesus die uh, because of you or, or for you? Yeah, this is a great little fill-in-the-blank for you Sunday school teachers out there. You can write this on the board, Jesus died blank you uh and you fill in the blank and if the and if you fill in that blank with because of then that statement is really the severest of all law it is the revelation of god's wrath jesus died because of you Uh, but if you put in the word for then it's gospel jesus died for you it was his pleasure to give up his life to be stricken by god so that he could have us as his dear children so the the passion of the christ uh would often tempt us to to the first line Jesus uh, Jesus died because of us because of our sins uh, and it's true he did die because of our sins so there's no nothing wrong with that uh, but we want to we also want to be able to counter that with the clarity of the gospel Jesus died for our sins so that he could have us uh, as his dear children so. there it is okay uh, so send us your uh, emails, uh, questions at tabletalkradio.org, and we'd like to respond to those on the air, whether it's a question or a comment about one of our shows uh, we'd like to do. If it's a question, we might not answer it because we might not know the answer. Yeah, yeah, that's right. If you haven't heard your uh, email being read on the air, it's because we got no idea <laughs> what you're talking about. And, you know, we don't, we don't like to sound like we don't know what we're talking about. That's right. So Bible <laughs> We're <bead>. recording. <laughs> This is your favorite. Oh. All right, who's up first? Am I reading the Bible passage first, or are you reading first? Um, I'll read first. Okay, now the way this works, the first round is three verses. Round two is um, is two is one verse, and round three is one word, and we have to identify what book of the Bible this passage is coming from for 200 points. And then a little law and gospel for an extra 200 points. True. So you ready? Ready. Okay. I was born ready. I love this game. Okay, your first entry is, Son of man, speak to the sons of your people and say to them, If I draw a sword upon the land, the people of the land take one man from among them and make him their watchman. 
and he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people. And he who hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood will be on his own head. Aha. Now, this this language, son of man, occurs a couple of different places. That, that, that's my key. I'm going to start with that word, the son of man. Uh, because this, the, the, the author of this book, who's being told what to do, is called Son of Man. You see it a couple of different places. First, with Jesus. Uh, Jesus is identified as the Son of Man. Uh, certainly he is. Um, in fact, that's Jesus' favorite title for himself, the Son of Man. That's what he calls himself. And in doing uh, but so, this, he's speaking of not only his deity, but uh, his incarnation, that, uh, that he is human, human flesh. Especially the old theologians used to love to talk about how what Jesus meant by that was that he was a, a human. He had a flesh. But uh, more recent uh, uh, theologians would like to go to the fact that the Son of Man was a prominent vi- vision of the prophet Daniel. Uh, the prophet Daniel sees the Son of Man uh, sitting on the right on the throne of God. So Daniel is the Old Testament text where the the Son of Man is mentioned, and that's really Jesus according to his divine nature. But the place where this is mentioned most of all is this seems to be the favorite way that our Lord addresses the prophet Ezekiel. He calls him over and over the Son of Man. And this text then, uh, I'm, I'm going to uh, guess, and I'm pretty certain on this one, would come from the prophet Ezekiel where he's warning him, hey, uh, you got to go and uh, prophesy against these people who are breaking my law, because if you don't, the, then your their blood will be on your shoulders. You have a prophetic. The prophets have a prophetic responsibility to speak the truth, lest the people die in their sins, and 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 not have the chance uh, to uh, to rejoice in the Lord's f- uh, re- mercy and and forgiveness. So Ezekiel is uh, the book I'm going to guess on this one. That is right. Now then, can we make this uh, parallel to the New Testament, that now in the New Testament, pastors should preach then law and gospel, the, the law sh- uh, showing the, the people of their sin, and then, of course, the gospel, the, the forgiveness of sin, one through Jesus Christ on the cross? Well, let's say it like this, that the prophets and the apostles do this very thing. They do what God commanded here. They bear the sword so that... Um, so that people would see their own sins. And pastors have the responsibility of bringing that prophetic and apostolic word to the people in its fullness. So, yes, in a way, uh, the pastors are not prophets. They are the, what the Bible would call the sons of the prophets, uh, so, so that they do not have the, the words directly from God, but rather they are speaking the prophets and the apostles' words. And precisely because the prophets and the apostles that we have in the scriptures did what God commanded Ezekiel here, he bore the sword to show forth the people's sins, then, uh, then when the pastor brings that word to the people, it has the same effect. But uh, yeah, and and what Ezekiel is here talking about then is is that if the um, if the watchman or the prophet does proclaim, does blow the trumpet of the sword coming, and then the people don't hear the heed the warning, if they don't repent, then then their their blood is on their own hands. Right, that's oh. right. So so look, so the pro as the prophet comes and he preaches the law, and the it's it's not up to the prophets or up to the pastors to to give repentance. Simply to preach the word, see? This is actually kind of an anti-church growth passage. I mean, every passage in the Bible is that. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but it's, it, look, we don't, we're not measuring the results. 
you see. We just called to faithfully preach law and gospel. And the Lord says, I'll, I'll cause the growth. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of the results. You just worry about the means. That's what I've given. That's what I've put in your mouth. I've put my word in your mouth. Uh, that's remember Ezekiel. He's got to eat it, and it's sweet, and then it turns bitter. And God's word is in our mouths. That's where we. Uh, uh, th- that's what we measure. That's what we use. That's what we rejoice in, etc., etc., etc. Oh, that you you bumped <clears throat> it up to three now. Do I normally have only two etcs? Right. It's early. <laughs> All right. Okay. So two hundred points for you for correctly guessing Ezekiel. Sweet. What about uh, law and gospel bit there? Mm. This text is law warning. Okay. I'll give you another 100 points for that. <laughs> These points are hard to come by. Hey, how's, Oh, if we have in any of our 11 listeners, if there's any uh, kind of uh, beginning graphic designers hanging around there, would you shoot me an email? Because we got a points idea for doing some promotional stuff. But you don't want advanced graphic designers? No, be just beginners. <laughs> look too professional. People have higher expectations of the show. <laughs> yeah, we do have an idea coming up, so... Uh, be warned. Stay tuned for that. Okay, oh, here you, is your... You've heard the trumpet sound. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Here is, here is the passage for you. You ready? I'm ready. Then the great multitude followed him. That's... Well, I won't tell you <laughs> Okay. Because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. Uh-huh. And Jesus... Oh, there it is. Went up on a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was near. And I'm going to, yeah, I'll give you a couple more verses. This is too hard. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing the great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that they may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Mm, Okay. So obviously this is from the Gospels. Um, My first hint of that was talking about the multitudes, but I was confirmed in this suspicion when it talked about Jesus. Uh, So I think I'm... 98% 98% sure it's from the Gospels. <laughs> and then the other marker for me is uh, the word that you use, sign, um, that uh, John particularly likes this language of sign. Um, I think it does come up in the other Gospels, um, but of the Gospels, uh, John certainly favors this word sign to talk about you know the miracles and such. Um, right. Now, uh, talking about you know buying bread then, I, I think this is probably talking... Um, about the the feeding of 5,000, which would be John chapter 6. So I'm going to go with John chapter 6. You are right. Ah, I was hoping to stump you on this one because uh, the feeding of the five thousand is in is the o- one of the only miracles that's in all four gospels. Aha. But you're right. That word "sign" puts, uh, points it out as um, as that's unique to John, and also it's unique to John to talk about that the Passover was drawing near. So John gives us those markers of the festivals. It's in fact the Gospel of John that teaches us that Jesus' ministry was three years. If we just had Matthew, Mark, Luke, we could assume that it was one year so uh so you are right john chapter what? six i'm going to give you 200 points for the book and 200 points for the chapter Woo. now what verses were you reading i wanted to look it up for the law gospel question yes uh verses two to six two to six all right two to six um <laughs> and and jesus ha- has these words uh where are we to buy bread so that these may eat you know, a lot of people like to 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 take John six to to make this as kind of a uh, talking about the the Eucharist that this is this is the Lord's Supper, 
Um, although I'm not sure that's the case. What, what are your thoughts on that, Pastor? <laughs> well, there's... It's especially later. See what happens? Jesus feeds the 5,000, then they want to take him king, then he crosses over the sea, and then he talks about what he's done. So there's this bread of life discourse, and that's really the passage in question. Is Jesus talking about the Lord's Supper or not? Uh, but I hear the music. Good. <laughs> we'll talk about this when we come back from the break. How about that? You don't want to explain that in 10 seconds? <laughs> I'll right. take 20 seconds when we come back. All right, we'll do it. Okay. Don't go away. Table Talk Radio, right after this. Theological Game Show, Too Outrageous for Television. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. All right, welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're talking about John 6, and I just threw this on pasture uh, to, to try and buy some time for my law gospel question. But uh, later later in John 6, after what he quoted uh, 53 and 54 say, oh, and 55, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will rise him up in the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Um, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. I don't know. Pastor sounds a lot like uh, sounds a lot like uh, the institution of the Lord's Supper. This was a big controversy, as they say in South Africa, uh, <laughs> during the time of the Reformation, and apparently still is. Our Lutheran confessions say it very simply, like this, and I and I'll just offer you their simplicity and not try to go further than that. They say there's two types of eating of the flesh of Jesus. There is the oral eating that happens in the Lord's Supper when Jesus says, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Take, drink, this is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. And then there is the eating of faith, they call it, which happens whenever we believe and trust in the promise of his incarnation. Uh, and so that that eating of faith occurs when in baptism, when, we, when we're given uh, the promise and believe it. It happens when, in the absolution, when we hear the absolution and believe it. It happens in the, in the preaching of the gospel, when we hear the gospel preached and we believe it. It happens when you're listening to Table Talk Radio and, and uh, we stumble <laughs> across a gospel promise and you believe it. And it happens in the Lord's Supper as well, when the promise is there, um, uh, the, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Now, this eating of faith is what our confessions say that John 6 is talking about. So what Jesus is saying here, when you eat my flesh and drink my blood, what he's saying is that, that you, uh, when you believe that I am the Son of God who has come in human flesh to die for the sins of the world, 
when you believe that I am the manna that came down from heaven, when you confess my incarnation, then you have uh, eternal life and you are part of me. So, uh, so I'll stick with that. It's an eating that occurs certainly concurrent with the Lord's Supper when we eat with, uh, worthily with faith, but it happens outside of the Lord's Supper as well. So that's my uh, thing, and I'm sticking to it. Okay, now back to the law of gospel question of uh, the first few chapters of chapter 6 of John that you've read. Um, first few verses, yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever. Um, whatever. I'm, I'm really, I'm really thinking, I might have to submit this to doctrinal review, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm focusing especially on this, this chapter 5, and, or verses 5 and 6. Uh, where are we to buy bread so that, that these may eat? And he says, uh, this Jesus was saying to test him. For he himself knew what he was intending to do, and so I'm asking. I'm asking the question: Is uh, is Jesus testing Philip, law or gospel? And when I think about that, I have to. I have to think of that it's law because if God's testing us, and and we in our old Adam want to uh, do nothing but despise God. Um, then we are going to fail the test, and and this is exactly why Jesus. Uh, came and, and accomplished all things for us because in our sin we can't do these things, uh, and so He's done it in our place. Uh, he's He's died on the cross for us, and so I have to think that that's law. Um, what do you think of that, Pastor? Yes, it's kind of a tricky thing because uh, John uh, James teaches us the Lord tempts no one, but uh, right. but only uh, uh, tests. Now the, the difference between testing and tempting is totally different. So the devil comes to tempt us. And and what he wants to do in the temptation is to destroy our faith. Mm. The Lord comes to test us, and what he wants to do in our testing is to strengthen our faith. So so temptation and testing might come at the, they might be the exact same thing. Uh, you might not be able to even distinguish between God and the devil in the whole thing. But but the Lord has a has a different thing that he's doing now. So when the Lord comes to test us, he's doing it for our benefit. He's giving us a gift that, so that we so that mm-hmm. we understand our tentatio or our suffering as the. Uh, uh, um, as a gift from him to strengthen our faith. So I think if we understand it that way, uh-huh. it would probably be more, um, more it would lean towards the gospel. Right, okay, good. But it is a tough, this is a tough question. Uh, well, so I, we should invite li- listener feedback on this. Is the testing that Jesus does for Philip and his disciples law or gospel? Well, nonetheless, I get 500 points for using my buzzword without you catching it. Oh, I did. What did you do? Oh. No wonder your answer didn't make sense. You were trying to use a buzzword. <laughs> no, well, that's all I was trying to do. Lock gospel, and I got the buzzword. Yeah. All right, this is going fast. We're almost, we're almost out of time of this this third segment already, and we're what? only on the second one. I know it. Well, I'll give you your your next one. Then, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, This house will be like Shiloh, and this city will be desolate without habitation? Oh, why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord, This house will be like Shiloh, and this city... This is... Oh, this is what the guys get after... Well, all the prophets get this kind of thing. But this, I think, is Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah comes along and he prophesies against the people because he, Jeremiah, is the uh, prophet right before the Babylonian destruction and he gets thrown in jail for this. So they come and they accuse him to the, to the king. Uh, why have you said these sort of things? 
Um, I don't know if this story is recounted in the histories. So that would be like Second Second Chronicles. I don't think it's in there, but it may be Second Kings. It could be be in there. But I think this uh, this kind of conversation happens a couple of times in the book of the prophet Jeremiah. That's my guess. I'm sticking to it. Jeremiah is correct. For Whoa, man! <clears throat> Yeesh! All right. <laughs> now give us a little, a couple more verses, and then we'll do a little law gospel. How's that sound? Sure. Um, okay, I'll go. I'll I'll go before that. When Jeremiah finished speaking, that the Lord had commanded him to speak uh, to all the people, the priests and the prophets. And all the people seized him, saying, You must die. Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, uh, This will be like the house of Shiloh, uh, and this city will be desolate without habitation. And all the people gathered around Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the officials of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house to the house of the Lord and sat in the entrance of the new gate of the Lord's house. Is it like, like uh, Jeremiah 21 or something? 26. Jeremiah 24. 26. This is it's, then what happens is what Jer- and the, Jeremiah's words after this are just fantastic. If I remember right, he says, "Look, you can do whatever you want to me, but the Lord said this, and I can only speak what the Lord says." Right. It's a very similar verse to the previous one you had from Ezekiel that the prophets just are given to say uh, what the Lord says, and what the Lord had said to Israel there was. Repent, repent or die. Repent or you're going to be destroyed. The city's going to be wiped out. You're going to be deported, etc., etc. And that's happened. They don't repent. They instead they throw Jeremiah in jail, uh, in prison, uh, and uh, uh, and and then the, they come and they get destroyed by the Babylonians. So this is a text of law. But but the law in the prophets is always towards repentance. We got to remember that Jer- Jeremiah himself says, "Look, when the Lord says I'm going to come and destroy a place." destroy a city, tear it up, tear it down and everything. But if the people repent, then I will repent and I'll plant the city and I'll build them up and everything. On the other hand, if I come promising blessing to plant and protect and everything, but the people uh, forsake me and my, my ways, then I'll come and destroy them. So so always the understanding when we read these uh, the, the, uh, the words of the prophets and they're coming down hard on people, it's for the purpose of repentance because the Lord is poised and ready to change his mind to change the destruction that he has planned and to bring blessings and gifts and deliverance and protection and mercy and forgiveness and his and his steadfast enduring love uh, that's what he precisely what he wants to do and that's why he preaches this law to the people yeah let me read verse 15 only know for certain that if you put me to death you will bring innocent blood on yourselves and on this city and its inhabitants for truly the lord has sent me to speak to you all these words in your hearing yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jeremiah, he, and you know, there's this kind of blessed reluctance in a lot of the prophets. Moses doesn't want to go. Jeremiah, I'm too young, all of this. Uh, Isaiah, woe of me, I'm a man of unclean lips. Peter says, get away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. The prophets have all this reluctance, but, but once the Lord uh, grabs hold of them in their office, they just, they have to preach these things. And they can't do anything about it, you know. Uh, I must speak. If I hold up back my words, I just uh, it just destroys me. So it's really quite marvelous to read the prophets and to see this coming forth. So, yeah, and we're we're down to the last minute of this segment already. And see, I think we should quit playing Valby and going to Google it because I'm winning. <laughs> no way! No way! <laughs> I got a great verse for you. All right. Well, once again, you can't be moping this time. Once again, we have to uh, to cut out Google it from our from our program. Uh, you're gonna be all mopey. I'm not gonna do Google it again. Yeah, it's a, just a filler game, anyways. <laughs> Wait, our whole show is that. It's just a it's a it's a filler hour for your day. 
background noise for when you're listening to issues, etc. Right? That's right. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> stick or with doing us. Doing organic this break. chemistry. Yeah. Or abnormal psychology. Right? Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, uh, I have some exciting news for all of our listeners. There's a commercial break coming up, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> after the after the commercial break, it's back to Table Talk Radio, and we're going to finish this game, the Bible Bee and Law Gospel Super Game, instead of Google it. So don't go away. Don't forget to visit our website, tabletalkradio.org. There's additional interviews on there for our table scraps, uh, and also our email address and phone number is on there as well. We'll be right back for more Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. Verse 2. I love to read my Bible every day. I love to read my Bible every day. I love to read my Bible every day. I love to read Bible every day. Help me sing it, y'all. I love to read my Bible every day. I love to read my Bible every day. I love to read my Bible every day. I love to read Table Talk Radio. Unscripted. Unprepared. Unashamed. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, finishing up Bible B and the Law Gospel Super Game. And the score is uh, 900 to 500 with uh, Evan in the lead. I'm not afraid. <laughs> All right, but it's my turn to get more points. So let's hear it. All right, here's your one verse clue. One verse, and you got to guess the book. Here it is. And it's, this is even a whole sentence. It's great. But the Jerusalem above is free. Which is the mother of us all. Oh, okay. This is... A <laughs> What's so funny over uh, there? We just talked about this in Bible class last night. I was teaching on this oh. first class just yesterday. <laughs> so well, I, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every <laughs> once in a while. Uh, this is uh, Galatians <clears throat> chapter uh, 4. Yes. Verse... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this will be pretty good. This will be first time in Bible B history. Um, this is going to be pretty tough. I know it's sort of the end of the of the. I'll say twenty three. Wrong. Oh. Twenty six. Oh. Twenty six. Oh. So, so two hundred two hundred points for the um, uh, book. You're right. Two hundred points for the chapter. You're also right. No points for the verse. You're wrong about that. <laughs> But this is, uh, but this is, you're right. It's uh, right in the guts of this argument in Galatians chapter four. Now you've been teaching this, so you, ah, uh, you gotta just take us through it. Okay, so uh, Paul's in the middle of of, of uh, writing to the Galatians about the Judaizers who were teaching that uh, the, the Christians in Galatia didn't, uh, or the 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 Judaizers were teaching the Galatians that. Uh, Paul was kind of teaching the soft version of Christianity, but if you want to be a real Christian, you really have to be circumcised and 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 follow the, follow the the Jewish law. And so Paul is writing to to just correct this teaching. And so he's making this parallel of he, he says at the beginning of this pericope, if you want to uh, listen to the law, if you want to obey the law, then you have to obey the whole law. You have to listen. You know, those of you that uh, that want to obey the law, don't you listen to the law? And so you have this this whole thing. And so then he he draws this this out. Allegory then of of Hagar and Sarah. You know, Sarah and Hagar were uh, 
uh, both had had children with Abraham, uh, but but uh, Hagar uh, had a, a child of the flesh, and Sarah had a child of the flesh and the promise of God. And so now Hagar, the slave, uh, gives gives birth to, uh, to to children of of the flesh and to slavery. But but Sarah, with with God's word, with God's promise, uh, is born to. Uh, born then children of 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 freedom of, of God's promise, and so now what Paul is saying is is to live under the law is to be to be then born into slavery. But we are then born with the promise of God, and so then we are are born of Sarah. And so now when it's talking about uh, the Jerusalem above, that we don't we don't uh, we don't go to then uh, the the Jerusalem where they're making sacrifices, but we're actually going to go go to heaven itself because of the promise of God. Nice. What about this little word freedom in there? I'm kind of interested in that. So it says the Jerusalem above is free. Freedom. And so we, we have the, the freedom in the gospel that uh, that uh, we, we're not under the, the bondage of the law. So that if we were uh, uh, living under the law, that, that there there is no freedom in that at all. But but in the gospel, in, in what Christ has done for us, he's freed us from the law. Did you have, did you have a more comment than that? No, no, I think that's exactly right. So that it's going to, in the next chapter, he's going to say, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. So that this, what Jesus himself says, uh, uh, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. No, that's very nice. I should stumble across passages that you've been teaching more often. <laughs> no, that's really good. So I'm going to take it that this means, uh, that this text is gospel? Gospel. Pure gospel. All right, I'll give 200 points for that. Man, this is a this is a walloping here, fifteen hundred to five hundred. It's all right. I'll I'll figure out a way to get a thousand points here. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. Well, I have I have a one word hint for you, and there's a couple places this could come from, especially depending on the translation that you use. Um, but I'll be generous. You know, that gives you a few more options to to go with here. Um, but your one word word your one word hint is manure. <laughs> manure. Uh, the text that comes right to mind um, is when Paul is talking about his his uh, human righteousness, and he says, "All these things I count as dung or manure uh, for the sake of knowing Christ." Um, and that is in Philippians, right around chapter three, I think. So I'll say Philippians chapter three. Is that your final answer? Yes. I'm sorry, uh, and, and uh, <laughs> I've been waiting. You have had your finger on that button all day. <laughs> I remember the time I scared you half to death using that. I button. Fell out of my my chair, my creaky chair here. <laughs> oh man! Uh, no, uh, and, uh, it comes up a, a few times, but uh, the one that I was specifically going for here because I was using Linton text uh, from uh, compliments of the of the three year series, series C. Uh, this is this comes from um, uh, the gospel text from from Lent three, and it is uh, Luke chapter fourteen thirty five, and he, this is um, oh I'm sorry Luke thirteen verse eight yeah yeah this is the one I wanted uh, Luke thirteen verse eight and it says and he answered him sir let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put on manure and this is the the oh, parable yeah, of the of the right. fig tree that doesn't produce any any fruit and the man says I'm going to cut this down and the vine dresser says well give it a year. And, and we'll see what happens. Yes. Uh, let me put some manure on it. 
That's right. Let me let me fertilize the tree. There's no and you know there. So here's this tree, and it's about to be cut down, and uh, and it's a picture of Israel, really. Uh, they have not borne the fruit of faith and good works, and so it says, "Hey, I'm going to cut down the tree," and and then the uh, the the gardener says, "Well, be patient with the tree. Let me give it a little fertilizer and see if next year it, it gives forth fruit." It's a so it's a parable of warning, uh, but also so you have both law and gospel in here. The law is look. Uh, you're not bearing fruit, so you're going to be cut off from the, uh, like Jesus says, all the branches that don't bear fruit are cut off and pruned by my Father, thrown away. Uh, and and yet it also shows the Lord's patience, that he comes and cares for us and gives us everything that we need. He gives us his word, his life. The manure there, oddly enough, is going to be the death of Jesus himself and the coming of the Holy Spirit. And that is going to bring forth, call forth uh, the fruit of faith and good works in the in Israel as well as in all of mankind, and it does a, a lot of. In fact, the entire first generation of um, of the church are Jewish converts to Christianity who trust in the Lord and in His mercy and in His kindness. So, uh, um, so there you go. All right, I'll give you 200 points for the explanation and uh, the determination of law and our gospel. Uh, because I'm feeling generous, mostly. <laughs> I have an awesome one-word clue for you. I normally never can find these, but I got one. Oh, yeah, that's Also, it. sticking with our Lenten theme, it is the word smitten. 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 I, that's, doesn't that appear several places in the Bible? Uh, not in the ESV, only one place. You want me to search in the... Uh... <laughs> uh, uh, ESV is not my translation of choice, so that, oh, therefore... Oh, what's your translation of choice? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, um... um I'm going to say that that comes from Isaiah. Oh, here, yeah, there's a ton when I look in King James. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> Are there any? <laughs> I, I like King James, by the way. That's my favorite. <laughs> I'm, I'm a uh, King yeah. James only. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it comes to Bible beat <laughs> yeah. and the word smitten. <laughs> Isaiah, you are right. <laughs> Isaiah is right. All right. I think that is the first time ever in, in Table Talk Radio history that I got all three rounds of Bible B. Uh, so do yes. you want to read one of those passages from Isaiah that you smitten, and I can, I can play Law of Gospel? Yes. I, boy, this, this Isaiah 53, this is right in the heart of Lent. So this is a Good Friday stuff. Let me, let me open up my Bible here. Isaiah 53. Uh, I should have had this open, I suspect. Here it is. Uh, uh, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. That's Isaiah 23, verse 4. Yeah, now this this is wonderful because uh, this is talking about uh, Jesus, that he is now uh, smitten by God in our place, that he uh, took on the, the wrath of God for us. And so this is pure gospel. Yeah, that's right. This, in fact, I mean, I, this, this is another, for you Sunday school teachers out there, another fill-in-the-blank, which I think is really quite marvelous. You can write this verse on the board uh, and put a blank in there. Surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by blank, and afflicted. So who smit Jesus? Who smited him? Um, and, and we want to think, well, he was smitten by 
by by the Jewish high priests. He was smitten by the soldiers. He was smitten by us and by our sinfulness. He was smitten by man. But that's not what the text says. It has this marvelous, wonderful truth that Jesus, the true spiritual suffering of the cross that wins our atonement, our exp, the expiation of our sins. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, 500 points. That's my buzzword there. XP. It's just right, though. I mean, this is this sacrifice is uh, it's it's born by the striking of God on Jesus. That's what He suffered for us to have us as His dear children, and it's marvelous. Quick, give me my points. How many do I get? Seventeen. You got 1,700, and I got 1,300, uh, 1,200. So you win. No All problem. right. Well, thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are no substitution for a confidence in yourself. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this self-confidence, show self-confidence, I should have said. That would have been funny. do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to question at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.